0: Well, there's just something about June baseball—not major league baseball, for crying out loud! No, 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 no. Hey, hey, it's it's some good baseball.
1: Yeah. I watched some great baseball this weekend.
0: Well, I did too, but I didn't watch much major league baseball to follow great baseball. I watched it all. I have. I mean, of course, with a foul ball area podcast being I, your forte, I, you I just got to
1: protect one of my favorite sports.
0: You know, somebody's got to do it. I, on the other hand, am that guy that will fully confess to parachuting in for postseason action. So, let's not kid ourselves here. Distant view of baseball. You hear us talk about it some during the regular season. Overarching amount of stories, but we don't get into the nuts and bolts of the sport of baseball until postseason play gets closer or is flat out here. And that's what makes it fun right now. Lynchburg baseball, today, sticking with a theme that has been a theme of theirs for the first two and a half-ish games of their college world series run and they will have more of them and are very well positioned if things hold up with the 6-1 lead they have right now uh, in the uh in the bottom of the sixth inning so here's the thing for Lynchburg one of the key denominators well a couple of them one is this how fast they've started games like today the call you hear from whatever the ncaa division three baseball tv network no we don't happen to carry that as we carry a lot of games fingers crossed virginia makes the omaha so we can carry some of their games here from westwood one but we do happen to carry uh, a lot of games and sporting events this is not one of them however we have this audio which highlights what Lynchburg has done so well rip fair ball the right field line Garcia waving him home from third Jones heading the third Hornets lead one nothing Benton Jones the call RBI triple to start off for Lynchburg he had another RBI hit uh, in the sixth inning for Lynchburg so did Brandon Garcia the aforementioned player from that call we just played from the NCAA division three radio network Lynchburg jumping out to that early lead but especially getting three in the first inning see that's been one of their keys starting fast they've done that in each of these ball games and then the other one is this and it's of course an indicator that you're winning games when this can happen and the probability goes up that you will win games so let's not pretend to be naive here we're playing a little bit of just overarching probabilities here but for Lynchburg Friday night seven innings Last night, complete game. Excuse me, Saturday night, complete game. No game on Sunday. And then today, you jump out to a 6-1 lead. That allows the bullpen to be as rested as necessary when you might get taxed, as they were for the last two innings on Friday in a game that became an 8-6 victory for Lynchburg or that ended up finishing as an 8-6 victory. And now, you win games, you're in the winner's bracket, you don't have to exhaust arms, exhaust your bodies and minds playing and playing on nerve-ending baseball in the, uh-oh, if we lose one more time, we're out of here situation. There's a lot of value to that. And there's a lot of value of being able to start that fast and to put yourself in a position. Because that's one of the keys that can happen. It doesn't happen all the time. But when you're talking about a baseball program that just, again, this is not to bemoan them, but it's more an indication of reality. And that is, this is a team that does not have the pedigree of having been to the College World Series in Division Three. As often as, say, we'll just use Lynchburg lacrosse for an example, or WNL and l lacrosse, or you know, any of those teams that have been dominant in that particular sport. But a lot of the same teams are there every single year. Lynchburg for, and W&L, is great as they were in lacrosse and have been, there's also Tufts and Salisbury, which they're kind of on a different level. They're Final Four and National Champion caliber lacrosse programs. I say that because if you're a Lynchburg fan, you can relate to that. And if not, we'll go bigger picture sport here, and we'll use college football, for example or even college basketball, programs that have experience making deep postseason runs. When you don't, that's where the value comes in. Because as great of a coach as Lucas Jones is, we had a wonderful chat with him last week in the fast lane, and look forward to more, everybody's kind of new in this spot in terms of the pressure of the moment. Now, Lynchburg has handled it so far, knock on wood, as well as you could reasonably expect. I'm not trying to be overflowing in praise because, you know, I don't want to apply the broadcaster jinx. Uh, that happened yesterday by the way speaking of that was like the last moment of normalcy you got from the nascar race at st louis yesterday more on that in a moment uh, in the fast lane but then there's the other parts of this and that is understanding the urgency of the matter virginia baseball they get the victory last night over east carolina they don't mess around you know the old saying f around and find out f is a word we can't fully use in the fast lane but you probably know where we're going with that mess around And find out. Virginia didn't do that. They fell down to East Carolina. They had the lead. 1-1. East Carolina took a 2-1 lead. Virginia never panicked. And then Virginia. Big home run. To get things really cranked up for Virginia. As Ethan O'Donnell sends a shot that... I don't think it looked like it was going out of the dish. Up at Davenport Field. But yet it just kept going. And going and going.
1: A little bit overly aggressive, costing him right there. O'Donnell lifts this one into left center field. This
0: could be trouble. It's gone. It's gone. It was. It just kept going and going and going. That's what you heard from the ACC network call. It, I, I saw it go off the bat. I thought it was hit too high. I thought it was going to be a long out. And it just kept going and going and going, as we've referenced a couple of times. And that gave Virginia a bit of a cushion. And now all of a sudden you're playing in front. And the aggressiveness can ramp up a little bit. But some of it's also this. When you're falling behind, it's a fine line between panicking and not showing enough urgency. You know, we saw it in the NBA Finals last night. Give Miami a lot of credit. There's no panic there. Hashtag heat culture for Trey's team. They showed a phenomenal level of just calm demeanor in that spot they're playing with house money in general right now in terms of the Miami Heat having gotten here well Virginia was kind of playing with house money in baseball last night as that Miami game was getting underway because Virginia had the lead but then this from Kyle Teal no relation to David Teal I might add but the catcher for Virginia this inside the park home run listen to the call from the ACC network and then we'll fill you in on what was not really discussed first pitch swinging Driven out to center field. Johnson going back. He's on the track. He leaps. It's off
1: the wall. Teal around third. He'll score. The other two runners both coming in. And they score inside the Parker.
0: What in the world was that center fielder doing for East Carolina? I mean, I, I couldn't figure that out for the life of me. He goes up, mistimed the ball that goes off the top of the wall And all of a sudden, he's just sitting there on his butt as the ball is rolling around, and somebody else has to get up and get that. Like, to my knowledge, he was never pulled out of the game. They didn't take the guy out on a stretcher or anything.
1: Must have watched Aaron Judge break a wall on Saturday night.
0: I mean, he clearly wasn't inspired by that because he ran into the wall, mistimed it, and just sat there on the outfield warning track. I don't know what year that guy's left, but I don't think that's the type of guy that's going to be getting heavy NIL money. I mean, again, what do I know here? Knowing my luck, he'll end up at Virginia Tech or UVA. But jokes about that aside, that's the part that just flummoxed me. I mean, I, I get it. it. It's deflating when you time the ball and you know a couple of runs are going to score. But where's the fight in that situation? I mean, geez louise. I mean, every run could theoretically count and matter, and yet you don't do anything? I could not for the life of me figure that part out at all. Just like I can't for the life of me figure out what you're doing if you've not gone to InsaneRadioDeals.com yet and enter the promo code MILITARY at checkout. That's in honor of D-Day, which is tomorrow, when the sale ends for us at midnight tomorrow, but also 9 to 5 on the VTR in Roanoke app. We've got a special D-Day commemoration. And the morning jam from 6 to 9 on our sister station. You can check it out on the app or 100.9 Lynchburg. They've got great coverage, wall-to-wall coverage tomorrow of D-Day, since tomorrow is D-Day. And, of course, they're doing that in conjunction with... The DDA Memorial over in Bedford. Wonderful production. I know this because our guy Trey has been putting that on. I haven't heard all of it, but I trust Trey. That might be a new hashtag, in fact. Trust Trey. Worth more than trust the process, which I know Trey is a Sixers fan. I can firmly say that, even though there's not much confidence behind it. Alas, insane radio deals.com. Enter the promo code MILITARY at checkout and get 66% off any order. There's still plenty that's left at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Because see, once Wednesday comes, back to normal pricing. Now, still good deals, but not the 66% off the list price deals that you can still get now at InsaneRadioDeals.com. I mean, it's it feels like an explosion of great gifts at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Kind of like the rotors were exploding yesterday in the NASCAR race at St. Louis. Not only that, but apparently the fiber connectivity was not very good either because I'm playing with my kids on the playground. We did a little playground tour yesterday. It's phenomenal. And the marvels of modern technology. See, one of the great things about modern technology, as we touch on all the time, now we're not an MRN affiliate and they do a great job carrying the race. I was listening to it on the MRN app or on the TuneIn app yesterday. Flipped over from listening to CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg, which you can find on the TuneIn app, and instead listening to the NASCAR race at St. Louis. And all of a sudden, it goes silent for a moment. I start hearing this, like, dial-up note, you know, kind of like somebody's rebooting a computer, connectivity issues. And I don't know most fans would have known what's going on, but, like, I've been around this racket long enough, sports media and broadcasting, to know when that pops up. I mean, if you're in this business, radio in particular, there's two things you can say about yourself. Three, actually. You haven't been around long enough to experience technical difficulties because you're new to the job. And if you are not new to the job, there are two things that have happened. Either you are lying and saying that you have never experienced a technical issue that's popped up, or you have, and you know what it sounds like. So I knew something was off, because all of a sudden the race went off. And then I, I, all of a sudden start hearing the old broadcast. This is Bush Series racing. Yeah, Bush Series racing. So I start checking out. I'm like, is it just me? Or did i put the wrong channel on like what do we got going on here did somebody you know one of the control towers at some random radio station in america get this thing wrong they're playing bush series racing from st louis because i heard you know god bless him he's phenomenal but joe Moore, former motor racing network announcer uh he and barney hall and eli gold are uh, the pun intended here gold standard for nascar announcing on the radio but even still the group mrn has right now they do a fantastic job and obviously we're somewhat biased because we've had guys like steve post and alex hayden on so i listen to them at the playground with the kids and other times it'll be football or lacrosse or whatever we're carrying here on the cbs sports radio lynchburg app so i'm listening to it and then I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's check and see if other stations are having this issue, or if this is just a station in some random spot operated by some non-Trey Lyle, lower caliber producer that's out there. Because I've had exist. plenty
1: of these mistakes. Okay, let's don't let's. Uh, this is Trey, too much about Trey, bragging, Trey, right now. Trey,
0: I'm trying to pump you up here. I know. We need a. We need a. Let's
1: keep myself humble okay okay
0: you know you're not wrong in that regard but uh this was the i was wondering if this was trey in his infancy of media days or this was trey now where something pops up and he's doing his best and it's just out of your control because both of those things do happen to fall into the sphere of what's going on in the world so of course what do i do i hit up fast Lane lane the twitter handle why not And, you know, I don't check out everything on the news feed all the time, but if you add us, it immediately pops up. And so I'm checking that out, thanks to the fans that have chimed in. And then, of course, checking out what the experts said. And all of a sudden, when you start getting guys like dustin albino frontstretch.com alum or the front Stretch account themselves tom bowles steven stump who was at the track and will join us around 550 today as part of covering the commonwealth and other reporters and they're chiming in that the fox broadcast goes out that there's data issues at the track apparently it impacts teams and of course i know this because the mrn broadcast went out yesterday i'm going what type of low grade operation is happening here and i applaud nascar for going to st louis i don't think it was horrible racing But I think this is kind of those, you know, in football you have a bad day and sometimes the effort stinks and you point it out and say this was horrible and you correct everything on film. Other times it's just a weird day and you're like, let's throw the tape out, this is an anomaly. NASCAR can't fully do that, but it was so clunky, judging the quality of racing at St. Louis yesterday is almost impossible because... From the one hour and 45 minute lightning delay to the multiple red flags that popped up aside from that to, oh, by the way, the fact that there was a period of time where the broadcast on radio and TV literally went out and teams were lacking in access to data. And we know that's a bigger thing than ever before in terms of making adjustments on the car. I don't think this would have ever been like an A caliber race yesterday, but I kind of give it like a C to C minus thought it had the potential to get to a C plus to a B B minus caliber race. Good, but maybe not great. But it all got thrown out the window. It felt as clunky as ever yesterday. Trey,
1: yeah, I was gonna say it's the. It felt like we were at FedEx Field. Hey, oh, oh, yeah. but very true. Um, yeah, it was a weird race. It was just a. I get why they had to do the Reds because it's a. You know, it. There's not much room. Um, it. Yeah, it was interesting. That was very, very, very interesting. Kind of how that, it, the fact that the race, the race was so long, that. IndyCar started at or started right at the same time and finished, and then you also had the start of both Sunday night baseball, which I think was in like the sixth or seventh inning by the time the race ended, and the NBA Finals was almost at halftime by the race finishing. Just showed how long that race went. It was a. It's supposed to be the shortest race of the year. They were pumping up. This is a sprint. It's three hundred miles. Like that's one of the shorter races of the year, and it ends up being long is kind of ironic um yeah there there's no real flow to that race uh it felt like um a lot of restarts and you got to give kyle bush credit like there was no green flag run towards the end where you really could see you know i think you know like a blaney and a hamlin had better long run speed cars than kyle bush but you gotta give credit to kyle bush for constantly winning those restarts and it it definitely just had no flow to the race i think the brake Brake rotor might be even bigger of an issue to the to the race, uh, but yeah, it it was a a weird race. I wouldn't say it was a necessarily a bad race because there was good racing and there was multiple lines. It just. Never had a flow to it.
0: I would agree with that. I think it's a very reasonable assessment uh as far as the race. It never had a flow. He never felt like you could kind of get in the rhythm of figuring out what it was going to be as a fan. And you're right, Trey, I and mean, I'll give credit to Kyle Bush. Uh he's found these opportunities to get victory. He had a great car all day. They were in the top five. Uh they were a very deserving winner. As much as people rip on Kyle Bush at times, look, if you're a deserving winner, you're a deserving winner. It doesn't really bother me hearing that type of theory or at least admitting that. However, um, in terms of the entertainment value for the race, it felt like it just left something to be desired. Speaking of things that could have been left to be desired, there's no news that's left to be desired that we can't get to right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Well, that's is close to striking a contract extension with Joe Gibbs Racing to continue sponsoring their team and organization into 2024, according to multiple sources, Sports Business Journal, among those that have brought up this possibility. Look, we've said it before, they're as accurate as anything when it comes to breaking business-related news. What this really says is that it looks like Denny Hamlin will be back at Joe Gibbs Racing next year. There's been no theory that christopher bell who's been great and is a young driver and then ty gibbs whose dad happens to be that gibbs and joe gibbs racing joe gibbs himself joe gibbs grandson is ty gibbs they're not going anywhere but there was a lot of wonder of what's gonna happen with martin truex jr no clear answer on that for after the 2023 season but if denny Hamlin's primary sponsor is set to be back with joe gibbs racing next year that would lend me to believe that 2311 racing may not be ready to grow from two to three teams or more and the denny hamlin is more than content with joe gibbs racing and they are more than content to have him around even though 2311 is technically a different team from joe gibbs it's those two plus soon to be legacy motor club that are really the only thing that are there for toyota it's not a huge operation so by and large it's a lot of sharing of data and resources not a surprise at all that this would be the case number four a couple of nuggets when it comes to viewership the first one is this the NCLA men's lacrosse championship espn this is not our broadcast on the cbs sports radio lynchburg app. Although we had great numbers during the month of may continuing that we want to thank you for being a part of that those who listen on our social media platforms and uh check in with us there and listen on our web streams but the men's lacrosse tv viewership best figure since 2010 757,000 viewers okay that's not a lot relatively speaking compared to other properties which generate well over a million viewers what it says about that sport is there's a lot of value from the olympic sports angle for those and that's where the value kicks in it's an e-sport no doubt about it lacrosse is much like one of my sports tennis and much like some of the others however You're starting to see that slower times of year, as I've said before, if you want to get the biggest bang for your buck for your non-revenue generating sports and college athletics, i.e. sports that are not football and basketball, men's and women's, move them to the spring when they have a better chance to stand out. Trey, you wanted to add something?
1: Uh, not about this. Uh Lynchburg officially won. That's all I was trying to tell you.
0: Okay, well we'll get to that now in number three. Trey, you brought it up a moment ago. Seven to one. Lynchburg gets the victory. So they are in a great position now in the College World Series today. Getting the victory, it is a nice victory. For them we'll discuss that with wset's dave walls today around 550 or so today in the fast lane uh they will be playing for the best two out of three division championship which begins on wednesday looking forward to dave wall's insight into that for just a couple of moments today early the back this half. week yes of covering the come off well he's gonna come on later he's back off the injured list today with WSET so it's a big enough story we get a chance to get to him because when Dave has been out of office what's he actually had time to do stay up into the wee hours of the morning to watch the first two games of this series which wrapped up after midnight Trey
1: I was gonna say is you know most athletes take a year to come back from an ACL tear look at Dave a couple weeks like shout out to him
0: you know that is a very good point Trey and we will bring that up a little bit later number two speaking of NASCAR and viewership we got to this earlier but um, the two topics we touched on in number five and number four, Coke 600 viewership this past Monday, 3.39 million viewers. It is the most viewed Monday race since 2014, excluding Daytona 500s that have been moved to that particular day. Now, granted, it's the Memorial Day holiday. I'll just throw this out there. I am stunned. The Coke 600 drew almost three and a half million viewers for the race on Memorial Day. In primary part, because like we mentioned yesterday with the NASCAR race in St. Louis, it's real clunky to start following these events when start, stop, on, off, let's go, no, not, yes, no, yes, no. I mean, does it sound a headache keeping up with that? Now trying to do it for an entire event. It is a little bit ridiculous to think about that. And that is the big, big part that I would look at for NASCAR. The ability to hold almost over 3 million viewers in spite of all that. I, you know what? If I'm NASCAR, I take that and consider it a win, given all they had to navigate. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. The College Football Hall of Fame class has been announced for this coming season, or at least the nominees for it. Um, Michael Vick is, is about as much of a... <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, Trey. He's a can't-miss prospect. He's uh, eligible for the Hall of Fame ballot. Lock. He'll get in. Herman Moore, former Virginia Cavalier star and Danville native. I'd say that's much more of a... 50 50 proposition, if you want to bring it up, just considering the volume of players that are on this. So, if you're looking at it from a raw local angle, Vic, I mean, he's as much of a lock as you can get, even though he only played two years in Blacksburg. He was an electric freshman before you could even have an electric freshman year. If you didn't have a bunch of stodgy, old, crusty individuals who couldn't vote for a freshman quarterback because we're not quite ready to change the precedent that you can't have freshmen win the Heisman Trophy, michael vick should have won the thing i mean let's not kid ourselves he carried virginia tech to the national title game and they were up at the end of the third quarter because of michael vick he ran into a much more talented team and nearly willed them to a victory sorry virginia tech fans but let's not kid ourselves here florida state was a more deep team than virginia tech was herman moore great campaign people forget how good virginia was in the early 1990s including making it to number one in the polls during their tenure but He didn't have that electric capability of Mike Vick and the recency bias that often comes into the minds of voters. We can get more onto this with Jerry Ratcliffe momentarily, but I think he might be waiting a year or two before you hear Herman Moore's name called on this particular ballot. And there is your fast five at five-ish. When we return in the fast lane, the debut of a wonderful guest, I'm sure it will go off smoothly, talking Liberty Flames athletics. That comes after we talk Virginia and Virginia Tech. That's still to come. This is the Fast Lane across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.